Does the church have an integrity problem? We're going to look at three problems we have as the church in the way we view and pursue integrity and why it matters on today's Dreamers and Disciples. I want to tell you about a lapse of integrity that hits close to home with my family. See, my grandfather was a pastor who led many people to the Lord. He was my hero growing up, and he overcame a lot to be in ministry, to walk with Jesus. See, he was a recovered alcoholic. He had a very rough home life growing up, but he planted the church that I grew up in. He was the one who gave the invitation when I accepted Jesus. He baptized me, and he did that for countless other people. But when I was in sixth grade, he began drinking again in secret, and then he had an affair with his assistant. And this moral failure tore the church and our family apart. It almost cost him his marriage, and it did cost him his job as a pastor. It left permanent damage on the church he pastored and started, and a lot of damage in our family that we were picking the pieces up from years and years later. Now, thankfully, by God's grace and my grandfather's repentance and humility and my amazing grandmother's forgiveness and her strength, his marriage was restored and he was able to end his life walking with the Lord again and with his family. He even started serving in church as a volunteer. But there was a lot of pain that had to be worked through that even affected my view of the church growing up. And I share that story Because most of us, when we think about integrity in the church, we think about situations like my grandfather. And don't get me wrong, those situations are serious. They hurt people and there needs to be accountability according to the processes laid out in the New Testament. And there can also be forgiveness in Jesus and restoration when true repentance is lived out. So there is always hope when Jesus is involved. So when we think about integrity though, especially in the church, we think about issues like my grandfather. And I think we tend to do that a lot of times because it gets the focus off of ourselves and onto other people. See, the church has an integrity issue, not only because of what our leaders do, but because of us. So before you think that this is an episode about pointing out the lapses in other people's integrity, we're actually going to focus closer to home because if you are a follower of Jesus, you are the church you make up the body of Christ. I believe we do have an integrity problem though, because fundamentally we misunderstand what it actually is supposed to look like when we live it out in our lives. So the church has an integrity problem in many ways because we as the church have a problem understanding integrity. So that's why I wanna share three ways that we misunderstand what it means to live a life of integrity as we follow Jesus. And before I do that, I just want to thank everyone who has been on this journey with me with Dreamers and Disciples. It means a lot to me. Thanks to everyone who subscribes and who shares. And in fact, if this episode is helpful for you, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know in the comments because I want to make sure that this is a podcast and an experience that builds up your faith and encourages you. So I'd love to hear from you. Number one, integrity is about wholeness more than rightness. Integrity is about wholeness 
more than rightness. So when you look up the definition of integrity, one definition that you'll find is integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, or you could say moral uprightness. But another definition is the quality or state of being complete or undivided. So it's a sense of wholeness. And personally, I love that definition and lens to look at this issue. Now, this definition is usually meant for a building or something with structural integrity. And a building with structural integrity is fit for its purpose. It's whole in a way that means it can bear the weight it was built to withstand. It can do what it was meant to do. So in our purposes, living with integrity requires that same sense of wholeness, that same sense of alignment with our purpose. And wholeness for us as the church requires understanding and functioning according to our identity and purpose. So in Christ, you are a new creation. You are adopted into the family of God. You are loved by your heavenly father. You are forgiven. You can love and serve and forgive others because you've received all of that from Christ. So why does that matter and that proper understanding? What does it have to do with integrity? Because so often we compromise our integrity trying to be someone we are not, trying to please or gain acceptance from people to get what we've already been given. But living in wholeness means having a deep assurance that you are loved and accepted by your father. Therefore, you don't have to chase acceptance from people by operating in ways contrary to your identity. That means integrity is being the same person in every situation because you know who you are. See, I had a mentor tell me one time that integrity is who you are when no one is around. And I believe there's a lot of merit in that definition, but it's also who you are with different people around because you can act one way around one group of people and then another way around a different set of people and then another way alone. So you might have a church you, a social media you, a family you, a friend you, a work you. But in contrast, you are living in integrity when you are consistent in who you are, no matter what scenario you are in. So integrity means there is only one you, and you bring that same you to any interaction with any person, and you treat each person with the same level of love and honor that Christ has shown you. Now, you don't give everyone the same level of access to you but you do approach every interaction from a state of knowing your identity and how God has called you to live out that identity in the way you love and serve others. So let's just break that down from a practical level. That means you don't honor a person who can do something for you and then act cold or uncaring towards another person who has no power to help you. You show both people dignity and love and kindness It means you don't give your focused presence and attention to your coworkers in a way that benefits your promotion, and then you give scraps to your family. So integrity means living in wholeness and consistency. Now, let me be very clear. This doesn't mean you're living your truth, which is a very common cultural statement that we hear a lot, but it does mean living your life in alignment with your God-given identity in Jesus And that means living with consistency in how you treat people and the values you make your decisions by. It all comes from identity. It means that there's consistency between your private and your public life, between your inner and your outer world. So you own your mistakes. You don't hide them because you can have more integrity admitting you are wrong than pretending you are right. 
You can have more integrity humbling yourself in confession than protecting your image and trying to look the part that you think everyone else wants you to play. You see, it's possible to act the right way, but have the wrong motive. That was the problem with the Pharisees. They lost sight of their identity as God's children meant to reflect God's heart, and they only cared about their manufactured image of rightness. But Jesus came to make us whole, and that requires admitting where and when we are wrong. That's why Christ says, boast in your weakness so that you can show that it's God's strength that you're depending on, God's strength working in you. See, boasting in your weakness means showing your dependence on Jesus. So you need appropriate vulnerability with others based on wise boundaries because integrity is found when we stop trying to manipulate how we look and are humble enough to let the right people in to help us in our mess. Now, I want you to know I have a free guide that helps you evaluate the health of your soul. It's called Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. And you can get that at the link in the description and in the show notes because you can't live in integrity when your soul isn't healthy. Here's the second way we misunderstand integrity. Integrity is about direction more than perfection. Integrity is about direction more than perfection. See, I heard a preacher make that statement one time and it really stuck with me. It's easy to assume and somewhat defeating, honestly, to think that a life of integrity requires perfection because I'm far from perfect. I realize how much I fall short from that standard. And like we just talked about, you're gonna mess up. But when you have a firm grasp of your identity, that you're a new creation in Christ and that you can call out to God as Abba Father, then you can realize that you're operating as a Christian, not for acceptance, but you're operating from acceptance, not because you are worthy, but because Christ is worthy. So we move in the direction of integrity, not in order to prove our perfection, but out of a love for God and a desire to walk and live in wholeness. Specifically though, there are two directions of integrity that I want us to look at and focus on. And let me give you a scripture for each. And the first is Hebrews Chapter 12, one through three. Remember, integrity is about direction more than perfection. And I think this verse illustrates that. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, the direction that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is towards Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's where our joy is found. That's where our strength to persevere comes from. And so I think that's the direction we all understand that we get that, that integrity is direction more than perfection when we move towards Jesus. But did you also see our need to look in another direction from that passage? See, you have to look inward to realize what is weighing you down. You know, it talks about casting off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And that means that we have to, first of all, examine our hearts to know what sin is entangling us. But then also there are things that hinder you that aren't sin. And we have to be honest enough with ourselves, and honest enough and, and self-aware enough to realize what is actually compromising our integrity. And sometimes it's sin and sometimes it's not because there are things in your life that can be good things that get a hold of your heart 
and cause you to stop running after Jesus because you're running after them more than you're pursuing him. Maybe it's even a hurtful word someone said about you that you've held on to and it's weighing you down and you defined yourself by that word from 10 years ago rather than what God has said about you. And it's robbing you of your wholeness. It's robbing you of your identity as free in Christ. So you have to look inward and really hold your heart up to the light of God's word, to the truth of the Holy Spirit and ask, what is weighing you down? What is hindering you? And sometimes, like I said, it's sin. And sometimes it might be something that was done to you, something that has become an idol that you love more than Jesus. And we have to be honest with ourselves and realize that those things are compromising our wholeness and doing so are compromising our integrity. And like I said at the very beginning, we can get so distracted by other people's failures that we stop examining our own heart and our own lack of wholeness. So there's the direction of moving towards Jesus, but there's also looking inward to examine our hearts and our attachments. So Proverbs 4 verses 25 through 27 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. See, the word of God calls us to walk in wisdom and to carefully examine our ways. So are you honest with yourself about the state of your own heart? All right, here's the third way that we misunderstand what integrity really is meant to look like. See, integrity is about the daily more than the dramatic. Integrity is about the daily more than the dramatic. The verse we just read in Proverbs says to be steadfast in all your ways. And I realized that my grandfather didn't lose his integrity when the affair with his assistant became public. That was a very dramatic example. But it happened when he stopped being steadfast in the daily matters of obedience and following God. So it was in the small decisions to lie to hide his drinking, the notes between him and his assistant that no one else knew about. It was the small compromises that eventually led to massive consequences. A lot of us think integrity is won or lost in the dramatic events of life, but instead, I want to contend that integrity is formed and strengthened or given away little by little in the daily decisions. Hear me very clearly with a heart of love today. You have to be honest with yourself about where you are out of alignment. Where do your actions not line up with your identity and your values? What are your weaknesses? And don't be naive about the answer. So journal, make a list, talk to other people who know you well. And in fact, we had an episode recently about self-awareness on the podcast, and I'll link to that in the description and the show notes. But where do you need to make the wise decision to set up boundaries And boundaries aren't meant to box you in. They're meant to protect your freedom. So if you know you struggle with jealousy and gossip, then limit your access to social media. If you recognize you're struggling with sexual sin, then you have to consider what you watch for entertainment, how you text with people who aren't your spouse, how you travel, just to name a few. If you know your finances are out of control, then you might not need a credit card. But it's not just about making choices that guard you from sin. It's also about daily making the choices that strengthen your character, the daily choices to keep your commitments, to do what you said you would do even when it hurts, the daily choices of admitting when you're wrong, of being on time, being reliable and dependable, deciding to be present where you are. 
Once again, not out of trying to be perfect, but in a way to run towards Jesus and build your life on a firm foundation, a foundation that has structural integrity. See, Jesus tells us to build our lives on Him. He is the rock of perfect integrity. He is the foundation that withstands the storms of life. And in Him, we have the power of His Spirit to walk in faithfulness and steadfastness and the comfort to know that even when we get it wrong, He offers forgiveness and grace and restoration when our hearts and our lives take one step in His direction. So if you feel today that you've compromised your integrity, I wanna give you a word of hope. I want you to know that you can live in wholeness in the forgiveness of Jesus today. Come to Him. Be honest with a trusted pastor, our mentor, our friend. Experience the freedom of confession and repentance. And remind yourself that number one, integrity is about wholeness more than rightness. Number two, integrity is about direction more than perfection. And integrity is about the daily more than the dramatic. There is hope in Christ. And there is the power of His Spirit to walk and to live with integrity and to be a light in a world that desperately needs to see Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this episode with someone that'll be encouraged by it, who you think needs it. And then let me know in the comments, which of these three areas we talked about spoke to you the most. Thank you again for being a part of the Dreamers and Disciples community. I'll see you back here next week on Dreamers and Disciples. Thank you.